This is a big one. This is a big intro, everybody. Ladies, gentlemen, the fellas, the fellas, the fellas, the football season is back. This is the first look video for numero uno, week one of the NFL season. DraftKings look, we'll look at Superdraft a little bit. I cannot tell you how excited I am. The big energy is here. I hope all of you watching this right now also have some big energy yourselves. I hope you're all sitting back, relaxing, maxing all cool, all that stuff right now. The football season is here and I'm so happy you are here with me. Now, if you are brand new to my content, don't worry, you're going to find the best content that you're going to find on the YouTubes right now. And we're going to start it off with a first look this week. And I got my content schedule posted on my Twitter so you know exactly what I'm dropping each week. And we're going heavy. We're hitting heavy right now for the NFL season five videos a week and three live streams. If you know how to do that math, that's eight pieces of content a week for the NFL season, all free right here on YouTube. So cancel your $350 a month subscription that you got to some site that's fleecing you out of a huge paycheck every week and just come right here to the YouTube channel where it's totally free. What you're going to get here is we're going to take a first look quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. We don't look at defenses because who cares about defenses? Just look at the pressure rates, right? But if you're here with me right now and you know me and you've been rocking with me since the start, please do hit that like button. And if you're brand new here and you want to see my vibe and see what I have, I do a lot of deep dives into fantasy sports, mainly golf, NFL, the heavy hitter, the big whale right now that's back and the NBA season. Sometimes people tell me that I talk fast. You can slow down the video in the bottom right-hand corner if you need to. I just am very excited about what I'm doing and I got a lot to say. I've already researched this slate a decent amount and it's only Sunday. So I will call out a disclaimer. I'm recording this video on Sunday to release on Monday morning. So if any of the crazy cuts or anything, anything major happens on Sunday, a player is signed that I don't actually speak on. Or if it's like groundbreaking news, like when not really groundbreaking, but Adrian Peterson gets cut, makes Antonio Gibson look like a much better play this week, something like that. If I don't hit on it, that's why. Don't worry. This is just the first video of the week. We're going to have showdown content. We're going to have showdown live streams here on YouTube. We're going to have a Sunday morning live stream, right? We're going to have a final look on Friday. We're going to have that one dude videos coming back potentially on Saturday. So I'm very excited for you all to be here. Please do, please do. This channel was only 4,000 subscribers last year at this exact date. We're over 25,000 subscribers, and that's because of all of you. I'm about to get into this video, but please do hit that subscribe button and the like button, and let's just try and grow this channel to the biggest thing we possibly can. You are the best community out there, and I'm extremely excited. Let's start it off looking at the quarterback position right now on the first look. Damn, this feels good. Starting out on the quarterbacks right now, I'm going to say that the quarterbacks are going to be sponsored by Superdraft. And if you're not familiar with Superdraft, this is a site that a lot of us in the industry and a lot of us just in our community have been making a lot of money on during the NBA season. It's a multiplier format, no salary caps. I got the Superdraft multipliers on the screen, meaning that if somebody has a 1.4x multiplier, it means that they get 40%, 40% more points overall. So some really good value plays. I'll be having projections on my Patreon for that, as well as a bunch of other content coming out every single day over on Patreon tools, podcasts, a game by game notes. A lot of stuff will be over there. Projections, rankings, all that you can find down below. But promo code SAL, SAL will get you a 50% deposit match up to $1,000 rookies over on Superdraft. So be sure to check that out. It's going to be huge. There's $125,000 prize pool on Superdraft right now. And I guarantee you it's not going to fill like till 70% or 60% at that point. That's pretty much what you've been getting out of the NBA and other sports. So it's going to be very good. So let's start it off. We're going to be looking at this with the quarterbacks. And these are my early interests. Again, this is Sunday morning, but I've been doing some research and a good amount of research, especially for this point in the week. Carson Wentz starting up against the Washington Redskins. Now keep in mind, if you're going to be playing cash, it's a different story than GPPs. In guaranteeing prize pool tournaments, you want to be stacking, which means you want to have a quarterback with at least one of their wide receivers and ideally bringing it back from somebody from the other team. In this game, I think it looks very appealing. Carson Wentz, you can go to Deshaun Jackson, who we'll talk about as a very strong option this week. You can go to one of his tight ends in Dallas Goddard and Zachert, who look like they should get big volume. Or you can go to his running back, who it's not the best correlation when you're looking for a quarterback and running back stack with Miles Sanders, but he's also very affordable and looks good. So Carson Wentz checks all those boxes and looking back on the opposite side from the Washington Redskins, 
You have Terry McLaurin sitting there. You have a cheap and affordable Antonio Gibson. This looks like a very easy game to do a game stack in. And then you look at it and the Philadelphia Eagles have a 24 and a half overall team total right now. They're six point favorites, which becomes a little bit concerning because maybe they don't throw as much. And then that's when Miles Sanders can really get going, but it looks good. They're going to have the number four pass blocking advantage coming into this week is six point favorites. Uh, the cover boy of this video and man, that thumbnail looks good, doesn't it? Cam Newton against Miami. This looks great. Now they're six and a half point favorites too. So again, do they get the running game going a little bit, but who's going to run? Damian Harris has a thumb injury and he's probably not going to play at week one. Sony Michelle looks terrible. James White is not a runner in between the tackles, right? Rex Burkhead, same exact thing you can say about James White. Those guys are going to be more active in the passing game for this offense. And now you have Cam Newton coming in with the third best run blocking advantage, according to pro football focus this week. Miami was dead last in coverage last year, and they didn't really do much to improve upon that. Yes, they'll get Xavier and Howard back who they shut down towards the end of last year, but they didn't do much in the draft to really make their secondary look fantastic, right? They obviously drafted Tua. They drafted an offensive line help. They drafted some defensive help, but overall Cam Newton's going to look very good at just six $6,100. And oh yeah, he has mobility coming into this week as a 24.75 team implied total. Miami, one of the worst DraftKings and fantasy defenses last year overall. And the pace of play in this game, we go off of last year, which you can't because it's new coaches, new offenses, but off of last year, this would actually be in my model right now, I believe the fastest paced game on the slate. Yes, it would Miami versus New England. So this is looking very appealing. And I would assume it only gets faster pace with Tom Brady now out of that offense and Cam Newton in it. It's early in the week, but Cam Newton's looking like a stud. If you want stacking options, there's obviously stacking options. Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry, not as strong game stacking options, right? Bringing it back on Miami. There's always options in Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki, and Preston Williams, but they're all going to have tough matchups against the New England secondary. So Cam Newton looks like more of a cash quarterback for me, and he looks like a really strong one at that. I won't break deeply down in for the first look at every single player, but Tyrod Taylor at 5,600, he's just a salary saver, right? Uh, there's a lot of places to stack here against the Bengals defense that was atrocious last year, really hurting in the secondary. They added some pieces, Mackenzie Alexander being the notable piece that the Cincinnati Bengals added in the slot from Minnesota Vikings. So that's a big piece. The mobility for Tyrod Taylor at his price point is what I like. If you can snag 40 to 50 rushing yards on the ground, five to six fantasy points, just from your legs in the below $6,000 range, it's going to look appealing. Tyrod Taylor has been a top five quarterback over his past eight NFL starts for fantasy purposes. A lot of that is because of the mobility, but he's also an efficient passer. And it's not like he doesn't have any weapons out there. Sure, Mike Williams is hurt, but Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, and Hunter Henry are going to be enough for Tyrod Taylor to look pretty good at a $5,600 price tag with a 23.75 team implied total. And he's actually going to be just a slight favorite here, which makes it look more appealing for potential shootouts here against the Bengals. Now we get to more expensive players. And the guy who I like the most, that's the most expensive price tag is Matt Ryan. Why? It's just so easy to stack this team week in and week out. Hayden Hurst, the new tight end from the Baltimore Ravens is going to be a fantastic option all year long. I think in this offense, and he's cheap this week. Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones are your obvious stacking options up top. Heck, you can go to Russell Gage in the slot if you really wanted to. I don't think you're getting much upside there, but $6,700. He has a 30% offensive line versus defensive line advantage against Seattle. Again, Seattle is going to lose a lot of their defensive line, most notably to Jamie and Cloudy, especially for the run blocking as well. There's clear stacking options at $6,700 implied for about a 24 overall team total. And they're actually underdogs in this one against Seattle. So you're going to get Matt Ryan as an underdog with a Knights total. That looks good. Philip Rivers is sneaky this week. He was a maybe to start my interest, but now he's a yes. Number one pass blocking advantage on the week behind that great Colts offensive line, but it's tougher to stack Philip Rivers. So although he's going up against a bottom five Jacksonville defense, as it appears on paper, and even from last year, their secondary is atrocious. They're trading everybody away. Philip Rivers at $6,000. He doesn't provide you that mobility, which makes it a little bit more scary, especially when Carson Wentz and Cam Newton are in similar price ranges with clear stacking options and at least some mobility. Philip Rivers has none of that. Yes, Philip Rivers has Michael Pittman out there. He has Jack Doyle. He has T.Y. Hilton and he has Paris Campbell in the slot. Campbell's matchup in the slot we'll get to is really tough. So I think your major stacking options here are going to be Jack Doyle and more than likely T.Y. Hilton before you can really trust the rookie in Michael Pittman. So interesting to see there. I think out of all the yeses, Rivers is actually the sneakiest. He might be the lowest owned and with some upside there, but it's not as appealing because he doesn't have as much mobility or clear stacking options. And then Matthew Stafford at $6,200. 
Bears defense is not the easiest defense to pick apart, but a 23 and a half overall team implied total. I do like that, but Stafford's stacking options are so strong here. The matchups for Marvin Jones Jr. and Kenny Galladay are going to be fantastic. And then you could also throw TJ Hawkinson, the tight end, into that mix. And you have clear options to bring it back with on the other side and Allen Robinson and potentially Tariq Cohen, since it doesn't look like the Bears are going to have any running backs uh, this week. David Montgomery nursing a uh, groin injury, and they just cut Artavius Pierce. So they only have Ryan Nall and Tariq Cohen in their backfield for the Bears. So Stafford, you come out here and you can stack them with affordably priced Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, and you can bring it back. Or you just say Kenny Galladay and TJ Hawkinson, who's very cheap at the tight end position, bring it back with a stud in himself in an Allen Robinson, who they don't have Darius Slay to guard him anymore, who Darius Slay wasn't that good anyways last year. He's outside the top 100 and all overall quarterback play, but looks good for Stafford. I would actually prefer Carson Wentz and Cam Newton, but if it makes Stafford lower owned, that's where you get more appeal, especially in GPPs when it comes to stacking. Then you can see the rest of my early interest, Derek Carr, Gardner Minshew, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees. I could talk about all of them, whether it's their team total, whether it's the rushing upside for a cheap price point, like Gardner Minshew, Dwayne Haskins at $5,000 flat. It's just a salary dumper, right? He's only 18 and a half team implied total is the lowest on the slate, but a six point underdogs. They're going up against the Philadelphia Eagles, who I don't think their secondary is as revamped as people think. Yes, Nikel Robbie Coleman in the slot was a good ad for a million dollars from the Rams. But if you're talking about Darius Slay on the outside, I'm sorry, Eagles fans, but he's not that good. Oh my God, the casual football fan watching goes, what do you mean he's not that good? I mean, just look at the numbers. Yes, he was good three years ago. He was good two and a half years ago, but he started to decline two years ago. And last year he was not good. He was outside the top 100 overall graded quarterbacks from pro football focus. That doesn't mean he can't be good this year, but it does mean he's on the downturn of his career. It's a la-esque Xavier Rhodes. Everybody thought Xavier Rhodes was the best cornerback in the league coming into last year. And when I said he wasn't the year before that, everybody said, oh, they're terrible. And then he was literally one of the worst cornerbacks in the league last year. And that Viking secondary on the outside began to suffer. So with that all said, now that you're a little bit educated, let's move on into the running back position the big one, right? The juiciest one, the running back position, which we love every single week, week in and week out. And I will say that the running backs this week are brought to you by Monkey Knife Fight. If you're not familiar with Monkey Knife Fight, it's a prop betting site for fantasy purposes. And I'm going to give you potentially this video only the best offer. I'm not even kidding. So I'm going to be giving away so much stuff because the season's coming to an end. So if you're watching this and you haven't drafted for your fantasy football draft yet, I'm going to be giving away my draft guide. I'm going to be giving away my NFL DFS course, which is a $90 value. The draft guide is a $30 value. So all that I'm giving it away. If you sign up for Monkey Knife Fight, minimum deposit is only $10. So when you deposit over there using the promo code SAL NFL, that is S-A-L-N-F-L, all one word. They'll give you five free bucks and they'll give you another free ticket to enter. So you get a couple of free things right there, but then I'll send you an email once it triggers. I'll send you my NFL DFS course. And then I'll also send you my Supreme Draft Guide for the draft kit rankings, all that for your draft, your season long draft, if you have not yet drafted already. Once you spend $2 of non-promotional bounds, so you have to play that five free dollars they give you and then two more, it'll trigger an email to say, send them the draft guide, send them the free NFL course. Oh, starting with the running backs. Look, it, Christian McCaffrey's a yes, right? He's $10,000. If you could build a lineup to get Christian McCaffrey in there, you have affordable low 6k options in the quarterback range and even in the 5k range that we just went over that look really good we're about to get into so many wide receivers and tight ends that are all wide receivers wise 5 and 6k options that look strong you're gonna have some running backs that are gonna be 4k options you're gonna have some tight ends in the 3k range you can get to christian mccaffrey especially if you're paying cash it's a great spot he has a number three run blocking advantage this week the team total of 22 and a half is a two and a half point underdog if anything might get you excited because if they're trailing i'd rather get the ppr points from mccaffrey and his 10 reception games alvin kamara is looking very appealing so there's a couple of guys in the slate that i would just want to jam into lineups. Kamara's holdout concerns are scary. Yes, he returned to practice in camp, but he could easily still hold out now. He had to go into camp and practice to actually accrue a season, so he had to do that, right? Now the game comes to, is he going to hold out or not? Same thing for Dalvin Cook. Assuming he plays, he has a number five run blocking advantage this week, a three and a half point favorite with a 26 and a half team total. I think early on right now, Alvin Kamara looks like one of my two or three favorite running back options to start the week. Obviously, you get the PPR format against Tampa Bay. And point per dollar wise, I assume Alvin Kamara is going to grade out better than Christian McCaffrey this week in terms of value. 
Josh Jacobs, I'm liking right now, but out of all the guys I have a yes on, he's the one I'm most sketchy on. But we have been seeing right now the Raiders are cutting players. They traded Lynn Bowden, a pass catching guy out of the backfield. They cut Theo Riddick. So it's mainly just Jalen Rashard, who they gave a two year contract to, and Devontae Booker, who's going to make the 53 man roster behind Josh Jacobs. Both guys who can catch passes, which limits the ceiling of Josh Jacobs. So he's going to have a positive run blocking script as a two and a half point favorite, a nice 25 overall team total, and they cut those other running backs. So at $6,800, he's in play for me, but he's probably going to move towards a maybe towards the end of the week unless he keeps low ownership, because for just $400 more, I can go to Kamara or for $500 less, I can go to my next guy on the slate. Who's maybe second behind Kamara, maybe third behind McCaffrey as favorite options this week. And it's Miles Sanders. He very well is up there with right now, Kamara and Sanders looking like my two favorite options. Number two, run blocking advantage. They only have three running backs. They only kept Boston Scott and Corey Clement. They didn't sign a Devante Parker. They didn't sign a veteran. So only keeping three running backs when Miles Sanders is nursing a quote unquote mild hamstring injury. It seems like he's fine. He's good to go. He's been shadow practicing in practice. And normally you don't do that. If you are actually injured, all indications say that Miles Sanders is fine for week one. He's a six point favorite with a 24 and a half team total. That's perfect game script. And he has a number two run blocking advantage this week against Washington. Washington's defensive line is very good, a little bit shakier when it comes to run blocking, especially behind the Eagles offensive line that is banged up, but still going to be okay. And your big upside for Miles Sanders comes from the receiving game. It's a nice price point at $6,300. I like it a lot. Here's the guy who's currently a yes that maybe he has to become a maybe, but the price point of $4,000, it's the minimum price this week, which is normally different than the $3,000 minimum price. Antonio Gibson, Adrian Peterson got cut and out the door. Adrian Peterson literally said in an interview that this team wants to give the ball to Antonio Gibson. They like him, right? Antonio Gibson. So Darius Geis gets cut for a good reason. He looks like a bad human being. And then you end up getting Antonio Gibson looking like an absolute stud in camp. They've already said the offensive coordinator, Scott Turner said, I've never had a guy like this. I've never coached a guy like Antonio Gibson that I can put on undergrounds, that I can run up the middle, that I can use as a red zone back, that I can put on wheel routes. I can do everything with this guy. And they were said early in camp, they said, we want one guy to do everything for us. So JD McKissick is a backup satellite back, right? Bryce Love, everybody wants to talk about the hype of him as a late round pick now that Adrian Peterson is gone. That's fine, but it's going to be Antonio Gibson's workload. I mean, I have Antonio Gibson projecting out for like 250 touches right now in the season. So I think he's going to get the first crack at it. And if you think Antonio Gibson is going to see 15 touches in week one and five of those have the potential to be receptions, then yes, at $4,000, he's obviously a fantastic play. I personally think he's the guy there. You can get in the comment section. You can say Bryce Love's going to be involved. Okay. If Gibson gets 15 carries and Bryce Love gets five carriers and McKissick sees like four or five targets, the backup running back from the Lions last year, that's fine. But I think Antonio Gibson, unless he just absolutely sucks, is going to have all the opportunity in the world to start this season. The downside is he's facing the Philadelphia Eagles, which if he becomes the chalk of all chalk, it could be a spot to pivot. So those are my early on five yeses. You can see a bunch of guys that I have as maybes right now. Austin Eckler is a maybe. He has the worst run blocking advantage on the week, but the Chargers offensive line has improved and these are going off of last year's stats and historical data. So I think that's going to be a little bit skewed. Dalvin Cook holdout concerns. He's likely a lower ownership pivot. He's just so expensive. It's hard for me to like Dalvin Cook when Alvin Kamara is $700 less, when Miles Sanders is like $1,600 less, right? Then you can go on and you can go down and Raheem starts a seven point favorite and it's important to call out that Mark Ingram is an eight point favorite biggest spread on the slate, which is appealing for touchdowns. JK Dobbins is lurking. Gus Edwards is lurking. Obviously Lamar Jackson is also lurking to steal those touchdowns and Mark Ingram for the most part is not going to be as involved in the passing game, especially with Dobbins there. And then I'll call out that Marlon Mack towards the bottom of the screen. Number one run blocking advantage this week. He's $400 cheaper than the rookie Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. I like Taylor overall for the season more in terms of an overall rank. Supreme draft guide. Again, you can get that if you sign up a minimum deposit at monkey knife fight. He's a top 20 running back for me, Jonathan Taylor, but he's $400 more expensive. And to start the year off, Marlon Mack is going to be the 1A at least, or even the 1B and be there for $400 less. So I do like Marlon Mack. It's going to come down to who gets the goal line carries. He's not a must play for me. He's just $5,300, but at seven and a half overall team spread, the 26.25 team total, it does look good in a situation where the running backs are going to get the work. So I think Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack are probably both going to each see double digit touches in this game. It comes down to who gets the touchdowns. I'd rather bet on the cheaper veteran and Marlon Mack for this specific week. You can see some of my other interests if you're watching on the video, if not on the podcast, Joe Mixon, Chris Carson, Todd Gurley, James White. 
right? Those types of guys are going to be on my interest list. And then going down for the really, really cheap options, Tariq Cohen, Chris Thompson, and Divine Azigbo. I'm probably not touching these guys yet. Tariq Cohen does look appealing. I mean, if he's going to see like six to seven targets and six to seven carries because there's no David Montgomery and it's just Ryan Nall back there, I think you could see Cohen seeing 15 touches below $5,000 is appealing. Chris Thompson, there's no more Leonard Fournette. Uh, you have right now Rykel Armstead on the COVID list. If he doesn't come off the COVID list by next week, it's going to be Chris Thompson, James Robinson, and Divine Azigbo in the backfield, all at the minimum price of $4,000. I cannot tell you who's going to see the most touches. They might all see six to seven touches a piece, and then that does nothing for anybody. But Chris Thompson is probably your best DraftKings back because of the PPR format. If he sees five or six receptions and he sees five or six carries, you're starting to look decent at $4,000. But now he's also the same price as Antonio Gibson, and I'd rather go there unless it's an ownership pivot. So that's where we're at on the running backs. Let's move into now the wide receivers. And as we move into the wide receivers, I love this so much. Please, if you're enjoying this content, this is just the first look. We're going to have a lot of deeper dive analysis for the final thoughts on Friday. We're going to have a showdown video for Thursday's video, a, a Thursday live stream, a bunch of content coming up. Please do hit the like button on this YouTube channel. The big old subscribe button pops up. If you hit that, I really want to try and get to 30,000 subscribers over the next couple of weeks. It's just kind of a, a goal to push towards, right? To keep myself motivated and to keep going. You all are great. Thank you so much in advance. Now call out yet again, some of these super draft multipliers. So let's go back to the running backs just for a second and look at the super draft multipliers because right now you're getting Miles Sanders as a 1.45x multiplier. That's just a fantastic option, right? 1.45x multiplier is way too good. Antonio Gibson is a 2x multiplier. That's way too good. So those are two of my favorite options on the slate. Eckler's at a 1.4x multiplier. So by far, like some of the best plays in the slate over there are Miles Sanders as a 1.45x multiplier. I mean, Kamara's a 1.25x, but what that means is that Miles Sanders as a 1.45x multiplier gets 45% more points. So Sanders has a very good week and scores 20 fantasy points out there, right? If he has 20 fantasy points, he's going to get what? An extra nine points after that. So that's a huge bonus compared to some other guys who aren't going to get any. So if you're playing on Superdraft, again, promo code SAL, S-A-L, go sign up over there, go get yourself some Miles Sanders. And the guys at the wide receiver position that are going to pop off are some guys towards the top of my yes list at wide receiver. Now, wide receiver, there's so many good options every single week. So you can see my early interests are going to be humongous until we get some more news. It's like 35 wide receivers, but my yeses, I'll focus on my yeses right now. There's about 10 yeses to start off. And some of the yeses to start, it's no ranking order right now. It's just kind of filtering it, I think like alphabetically or maybe by price point. But Tyler Lockett at the top against Atlanta. Atlanta was one of the worst slot cornerback teams last year. He's going to probably go up against Denard in the slot. He was a primary slot cornerback over 60% of the time, I think over 70% of the time last year. So it's a strong matchup for Lockett, who's below $7,000. This 6K and 5K range is where I'm probably going to be living this week. And you can see all of my yeses are pretty much in that range outside of one guy. And then another guy's below 5k, who I think is the best play on the entire slate potentially this week in Deshaun Jackson, but we'll get there in a second. Julian Edelman. So I also want to point out that these wide receivers, I'm getting interest because I like the matchup. I like their overall target projections. I'll have my final projections up on Patreon link down below. You can check it out later in the week. They'll be up there probably Wednesday or Thursday. So you can see the actual projections, but also stacking for GPPs, not cash games, but GPPs comes into play. I do think that although we didn't talk a lot about Russell Wilson at $7,000, he looks pretty nice. Tyler Lockett added on to that. And then you have some other stacking options that we're going to get to in DK Metcalf at $5,800. It's just so easy to stack the team. So they become more appealing to me because a lot of my ownership lineups, if I'm playing 150, I'm going to automatically set a rule that says stack one to two players from this team and bring it back with one to two players from the other team. So every single one of my lineups is going to feature a stack. I assume I get more Seattle wide receivers because they're so affordable and they have good matchups. So they're going to project out nicely. So that's the strategy side to it, right? So Tyler Lockett looks good. Same exact analysis for DK Metcalf. He's probably going to see a lot of Isaiah Oliver, who was terrible last year, AJ Terrell, who I believe is a rookie. So you're getting a terrible player from last year and a rookie this year against DK Metcalf, who was one of the most dominating rookies that we've seen in quite some time with an insane speed score, who started to see his route progression really develop over the final month and into the playoffs, especially in that game against the Packers last year. He's an absolute stud and he's only $5,800. You want to play him as a one-off in cash. That's fine. I think with Josh Gordon being signed, you could probably project DK Metcalf for a six to eight target share. I think you could project Tyler Lockett for right around eight as well. So it does become a little bit more tight with Josh Gordon being there.
there, probably seeing three targets himself now. I do think there's still fine options at their price points. Julian Edelman at $6,000 flat. I like Cam Newton. He might be my favorite cash quarterback as of right now, early in the week. I'm also going to be fine trying to get him into tournament lineups. And Julian Edelman is the number one stacking option. It's going to be a fantastic matchup in the slot against Miami. One of the most poorest secondaries, the dead last coverage secondary last year in the league was Miami. I think it's going to be a very strong spot for Julian Edelman. It's also worth pointing out for Cam Newton and Edelman and just whoever's on this New England team, Miami was also dead last in pressure rate last year. And they haven't done much to increase the defensive line pressure rate while the Patriots still have a fine offensive line. So I do think that that's another thing to at least point out. The pressure rate for Miami was absolutely atrocious last year and they were dead last in overall secondary coverage. Next up is going to be Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, look, I think the price point's fair. I think there's some other guys below Emmanuel Sanders that I like a lot more who are number one wide receivers on their team or at least profile out as a top red zone threat. Whereas Emmanuel Sanders is firmly behind Michael Thomas and probably Alvin Kamara and maybe even Jared Cook at this point in the Saints offense. So I think it's a fair price point. Maybe he's a maybe for me, but the thing that makes it more appealing, if you want to play the Saints, again, a very good matchup against the Tampa Bay Bucks secondary that has just not been that good, right? They've been absolutely atrocious. Against the Tampa Bay Bucks secondary that over the last two years has been bad. They got a little bit closer towards middle of the pack towards the end of the year last year because their pass rush was so good, which naturally helps your secondary. But I like it because you can stack now Breeze, Kamara, and Sanders. You can't really stack it with Michael Thomas because he's so expensive. And then there's obviously options on Tampa Bay to bring it back with. Heck, even if you don't want to pay up, you can pay play a cheaper Rob Gronkowski. So Sanders, out of all these options, I don't think he's going to get deep targets. I think he probably sees like six targets, whereas guys below him that we're about to talk about, I think can see six plus targets with some of them and even half of them being deep targets or red zone shots. And this is the range where I really want to be living this week. Terry McLaurin, the wide receiver one for Washington. Kelvin Harmon has gone down since the DraftKings pricing has come out. They've cut Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis. They just cut Trey Quinn. This is the Terry McLaurin show. The stud last year who was burning Byron Jones in the Cowboys one week for that first month of the year where he was popping off every single week. I'm not even sure if they'll put Darius Slate on him this week, but if they do, I think it's no match for Terry McLaurin, who was, in my opinion, last year, AJ Brown was a beast, but Terry McLaurin and Pro Football Focus agrees, the number one rookie wide receiver last year. I think he gets a lot of Darius Slate and Avante Maddox. He looks good. He's very cheap. If you want to bring him back in your Eagle stacks, that looks great. I don't really want to be stacking him with Dwayne Haskins all that much. He's a one-off option for sure. He's a fantastic cash option. He's the number one wide receiver in an offense that is going to be trailing, and Vegas says, by six points, six-point underdogs. So I think Dwayne Haskins is going to have to throw 35-plus times. Arvin Jones Jr. and both of these guys, both of these guys right now uh, from the Detroit Lions look good. This is why I think that Matthew Stafford is firmly in play. Marvin Jones Jr. is 5,500. He lined up 41% of the time on the right side last year. It's a strong option this week. I think he's probably going to go up against some unproven rookies or second-year undrafted free agents in the Chicago secondary that's really taken a hit since their peak two years ago. He looks good. Strong red zone option, just 5,500. And then his teammate, Kenny Galladay at 6,200 looks good. Probably going to get Kyle Fuller, who honestly has just been kind of a bust since he kind of broke out in the NFL. It's a strong option for Galladay at $6,200. Point per dollar wise, Marvin Jones might actually look better. But let's get into potentially the best play on the entire slate, at least at the wide receiver position, point per dollar wise. Deshaun Jackson. Yes, the ageless wonder, the speedster himself coming into 30 years plus of age right now, $4,900. And everything has broke right, no pun intended for Deshaun Jackson since these DraftKings salaries came out. You have Alshon Jeffrey, who they're saying they're hope to getting back by week seven. So he's not going to be playing. You have the rookie in Jalen Rieger, first round pick at a TCU, going to miss at least two to three weeks. That's not good for a rookie. So he's out right now. Marquise Goodwin, a player that they traded for from the San Francisco 49ers, opted out from the season, wide receiver. So all they have right now at wide receiver is going to be Deshaun Jackson on the outside and some hodgepodge of Greg Ward, who was nice last year, but an unproven guy, a couple of other rookie wide receivers if they make the team, and John Hightower and Quez Watkins for me recording this. And they obviously have Miles Sanders in the backfield and Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. But on the outside, it's Deshaun. Sean Jackson. He has the third best matchup, according to Pro Football Focus, against Moreo this week. Moreo has been terrible. Former Oakland Raider. Now he's with the Washington Redskins. Looks like a very good option for Deshaun Jackson on the outside. And the best part of it all is just his price point. Then you get into some more expensive guys and Chris Godwin. Hard not to like Chris Godwin against the Saints in the slot. He'll avoid Marshawn Lattimore, who has always been notorious for shutting down Mike 
Evans on the outside. If that happens, we don't even need that to happen. If it happens, even more targets to Chris Godwin, who has the number one matchup this week, according to Pro Football Focus, is going to be Chris Godwin against Janoris Jenkins, the former New York Giant. It's going to be a 63% of the time that you see Chris Godwin in the slot last year. Janoris Jenkins, they're assuming, is going to take over that role. They're saying that they're going to play more two tight end sets, meaning that you're going to have two wide receivers on the field, which means Goblin goes to the outside, but that's fine. I think Goblin had success on the outside last year, and I still expect him to push towards 50% of his snaps in the slot, which is an elite spot for as big of a wide receiver as he is. He is pretty much the plus size version of Julian Edelman, and that can only be good things for Tom Brady. And then DJ Moore. Look, people want to knock Terry, Teddy Bridgewater. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the entire league, if not the most accurate. And he learned that being behind Drew Brees, who probably is the most accurate, definitely in NFL history as of right now. But DJ Moore looks fine at 6,600. The issue with paying up for these guys in the 7K range, like I haven't even talked about Michael Thomas because he's so expensive. I don't really need him this week, right? I'd rather pay up for Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara. I don't, I don't really talk about these guys on the slate because it's week one. Everybody's underpriced because these salaries came out a month ago. So it's really hard for me to want to get up to, I mean, Chris Goblin looks fine at 7,100, but like a $9,000 Michael Thomas when I have so many strong options. Terry McLaurin, a stud wide receiver one in his offense, right? You have Kenny Galladay, a top six receiver for me this entire year and season long and $6,200. You even have Chris Goblin, who was a top two wide receiver in fantasy last year, only behind Michael Thomas at 7,100. So it's really hard for me to want to prioritize a wide receiver. It always was last year and Michael Thomas. I'm just not going to be doing that at $9,000. He's not firmly out of play because the matchup against Tampa Bay is just oh so good and he could easily score 30 points, but I'd rather just be prioritizing guys like Christian McCaffrey at the running back position. You can see some of my maybes. Again, the wide receiver list is so long. I think that's all that we'll talk about right now. Keenan Allen should see Mackenzie Alexander, the new Cincinnati Bengal in the slot. Keenan Allen, 6,400. That's another stud who just got an extension. Tougher matchup against Alexander, but he can obviously win that. One of the best wide receivers and route runners in the entire league. I'll call out that Paris Campbell who had a fantastic camp second year player out of Ohio State the slot receiver the plus size he's pretty much uh, what you're getting out of uh, Chris Godwin but in Indianapolis for a guy in Philip Rivers tougher matchup though against DJ Hayden in the slot I believe for the Jacksonville Jaguars he was their best cornerback by far last year and one of the best players on that entire defense and one of the best slot cornerbacks in the league so for a guy in Paris Campbell might be tough as a second year player not much chemistry to break out right away but he is appealing if you do want to play Philip Rivers stacks trying to get to a cheap Paris Campbell maybe you even load up with a cheap Jack Doyle and he's going to be cheap and he's going to be probably lower on that stack overall with a Campbell, Doyle, and Rivers. I'm just kind of free-floating this one out there, but then you could afford guys like McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, and you could build a really a super team for GBPs that probably lower ownership. That's where we're at with receiver. We'll kind of button this down on the Friday closing thought show because there's a lot of other guys I can talk about. You can see all the guys that I have marked. Sal, where's DJ Shark? Where's Landry? Where's Debo Samuel, who might play week one now, which is pretty crazy. Where's Alan Lazard and some of these cheaper rookies like Henry Ruggs and second-year players, uh, Nikhil Harry and Hollywood Brown? They're all down here, right? They're all maybes. I can, I can list so many guys on here. Brian Edwards is just 4,200. only 44. These rookies, right? Yeah, they're all down here. I have somewhat interest, but the guys I really want to focus on are the cheap players in the five and six K range and some in the four K range that are veterans and are probably going to be number one or at least one B options on their team and push towards eight to 10 targets. I want those guys this week over some of the unsung guys. I think they're still in play, especially because of the cheap price points, but we'll talk more about them later in the week. And then finally, we get to tight ends. If you've lasted all the way, please do hit that like and subscribe button. Be sure to check out some of the offers that we have down below. Again, if you want my Supreme Draft Guide for the NFL season, if you haven't drafted yet, and my NFL DFS course that I made last year, just do a minimum deposit of $10 on Monkey Knife Fight. And they'll also give you using promo code SALNFL. They'll also give you an extra $5 and all that stuff. And also if you want to support Superdraft, $125,000 contest. It's just crazy. $15,000 to first. It's probably going to come nowhere near filling. I got projections over on Patreon. We'll be out later this week. You can check all that out. Go have some fun over there. We'll call out some of the wide receivers. We'll go for a second real quickly on Superdraft that look good. Edelman has a 1.65x multiplier. Marvin Jones has a 1.8x multiplier. Guys like Terry McLaurin have a 1.55x multiplier. Deshaun Jackson might be my favorite over there. A one point 7x multiplier. A lot of these guys look really good. There's so many strong options. Keenan Allen with a 1.55x multiplier. DJ Shark a 1.65x. Those are the type of guys that I'm going to be looking at early in the
the week before I do my projections. And then finally, here we go, the tight end. So there's gonna be some tight ends that have really good spots in terms of their price point, maybe target shares, but just tough matchups. We'll talk about some of them. But the guys that I'm looking at this week, I got four guys starred here. Zach Ertz, there's just no weapons. We talked about it. Yes, I like Deshaun Jackson, his teammate on the outside a lot, but Zach Ertz is probably gonna lead this team in targets. I assume he pushes towards 10 plus targets and he's 5,800. So he is somewhat pricey, but he's nowhere near expensive enough. Based on this week, like he should probably be priced at 65 to 6,800 if they did the pricing this week before all the Eagles injuries. So he looks good. Tougher matchup against Collins in the secondary, but it shouldn't be too bad, especially since Collins usually floats a little bit deeper. So shorter passing from zero to 10 yards should be fine for Ertz. The new addition in Hayden Hurst, strong matchup versus KJ Wright in Seattle this week for Hayden Hurst, skill set and athleticism. 1.7x multiplier and super draft looks very tasty. Look, new addition here, taking on the Austin Hooper role. He's more athletic than Austin Hooper. He has a better draft capital, all this stuff, right? You can say it all. I think he's going to fit in very nicely on this team in the middle of the field and be more of a weapon than Russell Gage will in the middle of the field for Matt Ryan. Jack Doyle, I didn't want to do it, but he's so cheap. He's $3,600 if you're trying to punt tight end. And you know that Philip Rivers loves his tight ends. Hunter Henry in the past, Antonio Gates. He just loves throwing to these bigger tight ends. Jack Doyle is going to be that option for him in Indianapolis. And he's just 3,600. Strong matchup against a shaky Jacksonville secondary. And you have the team total of 26.25. That also looks very appealing. Now, this is the opposite play of Jack Doyle. Same price range, $3,300, but a brutal, brutal matchup for Chris Herndon. But he's just $3,300. We're very high on Chris Herndon. It doesn't have to be this week, but the price point might be the lowest that you get all season long for him. He got a little bit nicked up in camp, but he seems fine. But everybody else on the Jets is nicked up. Rashad Perriman on the outside. Denzel Mims, the rookie from Baylor, returned to practice, but it looks like Chris Hogan's actually going to start ahead of him. So you can have Rashad Perriman and Chris Hogan on the outside. You're going to have Crowder, probably the number one wide receiver targets wise, in the slot. And then you have Chris Herndon, who's going to be the best red zone weapon on this team and has the best connection overall with Sam Darnold. Even though he didn't play last year, he obviously did two years ago in Sam Darnold's rookie year. So Herndon scares me because this Bills matchup is very, very terrifying. It is not one that I want to be messing with. I think it's Joyer out there, their safety that will usually cover and take the tight ends. But again, he's just so cheap. So I think those are some of your cheaper options. Hayden Hurst, Jack Doyle, and Chris Herndon. Zach Ertz will be the guy that I'm quote unquote paying up for, even though he's only in the 5k range. And then some other options. Mike Gusecki's $4,500. It's just a really bad matchup against the former Los Angeles Chargers safety who missed a lot of last year in Adrian Phillips, but it is a fair price point. And if for some reason you want to pay up for tight end this week, I don't think you have to, but George Kittle, Mark Andrews, they're the only guys above $6,000. Kittle is 7,200. They're guys that you could always play, but I don't see the reason to be doing that when Zach Ertz this week is going to profile out as just as good of a play and he's cheaper than both of them if you're looking to pay up. So I probably by the end of the week have not much interest in Kittle or Mark Andrews. Both of their teams are also seven point favorites for Kittle and San Fran and eight point favorites for Mark Andrews in Baltimore. Don't expect them to have to be throwing as much. Six point favorites for Ertz. So it's a little bit better. Nothing crazy. But I also do like the fact that you're just having no other target share competition for the most part for Ertz, especially when you get to the red zone. That's where I'm at right now. Some other cheaper options. TJ Hawkinson comes into a lot of stack options. He'll probably get Roquan Smith from the Bears. It's definitely a winnable matchup for TJ Hawkinson, second year stud right now in Detroit, tight end. Up Gronkowski, I'm hoping he's not highly owned. If he is, I'll just fade him. Uh, if he's not highly owned, he's only $4,900 and he's a nice bringback option or he's a nice option in stacks. If you want to stack Tom Brady and Chris Goblin and Rob Gronkowski and then the other side of it, bring it back from the Saints with either Emmanuel Sanders on the cheap or maybe middle price type of a guy between all their studs. You probably can't get Michael Thomas, but Alvin Kamara at $7,200, that type of thing. So he just looks like a nice stack option, but that's where I'm at right now. Those are going to be the guys, $2,800 Logan Thomas, if you're really into the hype of the preseason, which was camp this year, no actual games, and how he was looking as the best tight end in camp and the pass catcher. He's just $2,800 against the Eagles. The Eagles were very good against tight ends last year. I expect similar things to happen this year. We don't yet know who's actually going to be the tight end out there. It could just as easily be Richard Rodgers, right? Jeremy Sprinkle, I believe is still with this team. Ian Thomas is just $3,400. 
It is a tougher matchup against Oakland, but Ian Thomas is nursing an injury right now. So we have to see if he even plays. If he does play and he's a full go, then $3,400 Ian Thomas goes into my yeses. And I'm probably just going to be floating in the cheap range. So the way that I'm looking at it early on for lineup construction is that the 6K range at quarterbacks, depending on who you want to stack, Stafford, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Cam Newton, look like really strong options. All the way up to even 7K flat, Russell Wilson. I didn't talk about Lamar at all because I really don't want to be playing Lamar this week. At running backs, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Miles Sanders look really good. Antonio Gibson for value. We'll get to more options later in the week. Wide receiver, that whole five and six K range is loaded. $4,900 to Sean Jackson as well. And you can see right here, if you're paying up a tight end, Zach Ertz, otherwise this three and four K range of Jack Doyle, Herndon and Hayden Hurst looks like a nice sweet spot. So that's where I'm at right now. This was a nice little long video to start the season off. If you made it all the way through the video, let me know in the comment section down below that you made it all the way through. Please do before you go like button, big old subscribe button. Check out Patreon where we're going to have stuff releasing every single day. Tools, projections, rankings for GPP and cash, a closing thoughts podcast on the weekend, showdown tiers, showdown projections, all this type of stuff is going to be there on Patreon linked down below. And also, if you want to support one of the sponsors of the show today, either Superdraft, 50% deposit match up to $1,000 Ruskies using the promo code SAL, or if you want to support Monkey Knife Fight and get all my, my course for DFS, my draft guide for this season, for the season long stuff in your drafts, promo code SAL NFL, that is S-A-L NFL, get you all that stuff. Plus, Plus five free dollars and a free ticket on Monkey Night Fight if you want to support them over there. Follow me on Twitter at DFS for my schedule for the rest of the week. And if you have any questions, you can reach out over there or in the comment section. And if you leave a nasty comment, you're just going to get banned for life. Shout out Pat Mayo from my comment section because I don't need none of your negativity. You can wipe the Cheetos off your chest before you go if you leave that nasty comment. All right, but thank you for real, everybody. I'm so happy that this season is back. This is just video one of the entire NFL season, and I cannot wait to bring you more content. You all rock. You make this the best job in the world. I love you all so much, and I will see you in the next one.